Hey, all right, man. Episode four, John. What's up, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm just playing with my uh, Mr. Potato Head. That's Potato Head to you, dude. It's dickless from here on out. Uh, we got a special guest, man. Our first special guest for Scatterbrain. Uh, I don't know. Just, just fuck. It's Kel, man. It's Kel. Kel, introduce yourself, dude, real quick. Hey, Kel Curtis. Uh, used to be a musician. Now I'm a entrepreneur. And uh, that's it. Drink a lot of beer. There you go. All right. So Kel is a, as he said, musician. He's a, he's still a musician. Don't let him fool you. He's a fucking awesome guitar player. Um, he and I go way fucking back. His wife and I go farther back. We worked at AEG together, uh, John. And uh, we were partners for a while, but uh, they're doing their thing. I'm doing mine, and it's our friendship is stronger than ever. And, yeah, he's, rad, he's a rad player. Um, and, yeah, entrepreneur. So if anyone's got a beef with what's going on with business, it's this gentleman right here. And, and then um, he also caused the recent snowfall to hit Texas too. If people are wondering, yeah, absolutely, guy. yeah, he's part of it. Um, but it's funny because Kel, because really, the, we started creating that little text form with also with Pete involved because I thought, well, all of our minds could kind of work together really well. But the funny thing is, is like John, John's a little younger than us. I mean, he's still he's an old soul, but he's younger, but. When I Kel and I mentioned the bright to him, he knew exactly who the fuck that was. And that's what picked his interest. Like he was in the bright. And I'm like, how do you know that band? And he's like, he just God told me. And I was like, all right, well, let's get him on. Let's get you guys to become friends and let's get him on and we can talk about that. So you can, John, you probably have questions yeah, so for Kel regarding that. The funny story, um, when it, we you start this group text, I see the name Kel Curtis and just like, oh, you gotta be this is a great friend, but he thinks like you. I'm like, cool. And then it didn't really hit me that until he said, oh, he was in the, the band The Bright. And I'm like, The Bright? And so to go back, I was in college from 2001 to 2004, 2005-ish. Uh, and uh, my sophomore year, I went to a military college, and the school store there, you were allowed – my sophomore year, I, I was able to have a CD player. Yeah, I couldn't have a TV, not a refrigerator. I was only allowed to have a CD player in my sophomore year of college. And the school store – had uh they always brought like these indie label type of bands or cds or like it was very the most mainstream that you could buy there was rise against before they really blew up and i remember one day i was like you know what i'm just gonna go peruse these albums and i came across a the bravery album which would have come out in 2004 2005 ish or 2001 2002 ish and i put it on I just fall in love with the band The Bravery. And so then I go down a rabbit hole. And this I start downloading music and I, that's how I find the bright. And uh like for like literally two years, like those that was probably my two favorite uh bands besides Anne Berlin. Whatever it was, that perfect mixture of Bright, Bravery, Anne Berlin, that type of melodic, whatever it was, it was like it's just like a perfect soundtrack to my college. And uh to have you actually on my group text talking shop was actually kind of cool cool i like i like the bravery too i love that song swollen summer i think that's yep. the first, uh, song by them. and it's just kind of it's a it's it's a it sounds like a punk classic and uh i mean i, I come from the world of uh motorhead dickheads uh geeks dweebies uh punk rockers and metalheads you know we kind of um 
we weren't on we weren't territorial we, we liked it all we liked the ramones and we liked iron maiden and right. uh, my wife is more of a who's lead, lead of the bride uh she's more of your depeche mode the cure yep um type of and that's that's Robert I love the cure. I love the Pashmo too. So when we started writing songs, it kind of, you know, there's a little bit of a hard edge mixed in with the dreaminess and uh, some synth stuff too. Now I didn't realize you're, you guys were actually on the Hills a lot too, the, the, the soundtracks and stuff, which kind of, I never watched the show, but going back, it's like, I could see why that the bright would be on that uh, program. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I've, I've watched it. Maybe one episode. Well, the episodes we were on, I watched those. But uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, we ran into, Dustin, I think you were there. There's one year we were at South by Southwest and we were in the elevator and the lady from MTV hopped on and she was she saw that Julie had a bunch of CDs and she said, Can I have one of those? We get a call like a week later and they're like, Hey, can we license your music? And then uh, that happened with, uh, I still get, you know, $20 checks a quarter from, uh, <laughs> you know, some MTV property or whatever, like remote control. Well, that was the eighties, you know, something, uh, some game show or whatever they have on it. I don't know what it is, but it'll be like Brazil, MTV, Brazil or MTV, you know, some foreign country. It's amazing. I, I you know, I get about, uh, just shy of a hundred dollars a year for that. Dude, that would take 150 million spins on Spotify to equal what you guys make. And, John, I don't know if I told you, and this is a funny story. A lot of shit happens in the elevators for Kel. So when we did the start, obviously that story, I, I, I totally forgot about the elevator story with the, with the CDs. You know, when we first started that PR company, we landed Monster. It's only because he was wearing a really obscure rock band called Keel out of Oklahoma. He was, was wearing that shoe. Keel. Oh, Rod Keel, the Bell yeah. Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. So, dude, so we were doing a we were doing a one off Ozfest in Dallas. It was the one year, like two thousand eight, the only time they were doing Ozfest that year because he Sharon had kind of shit canned it for a while. And this one they had to happen because it was Metallica, Ozzy, and whoever plays underneath that. No one really cared. King, um, King Diamond played that one. Well, King came on as a guest doing stuff with Metallica. Yeah, so. There was some really great shit. There was a good dime bag trivia and stuff. There was a lot of cool shit. It was a great day. But so pre-pro day, uh, before <coughs> Kelly came down to help out, because Julie and I were kind of running uh, the sponsor stuff and on all the vendors. And so Kel came down. And her, well, we were all staying at the – what's the fucking name of that hotel, dude? It's one of those uh, – uh, Marlo or, those, you know – Yeah, one of those Nilo. Like, a, you know those boutique right. hotels, John? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah anyway. stayed there. So fucking, I mean, Kel can tell the story better than I can because he was there, but I'm just going to tell it, Kel, if that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So John, Kel's in the elevator middle of the afternoon, and he's sitting there, and the guy gets on the elevator with him. He's shit-faced, just fucking, like, gone. And he's, like, looking at him, and he's, like, staring at his T-shirt because Kel's wearing a Kiel shirt. And the guy goes, who the fuck wears a Kiel shirt? And, well, it just turns out that happened to be Brent from Monster. Oh, so they started talking and then, you know, tell him what he did. Kel told him. He's the the, uh, director. Do you know him? You know Brent? I love him. I've had run-ins with him. Nothing bad, but I've always had run-ins. That's everyone has run-ins with him. So anyway, dude, so he, um, 
they struck up a conversation and it says, Hey, I'm, I, Kel's like, I do this. And Brent's like, I do this. I need PR. And that's how that fit, happened, man. And to think that conversation wouldn't have happened if he was wearing like a Slayer t-shirt. It's man. And that all goes back to what Justin and I was talking about. The idea importance of a really killer t-shirt and side note, Justin, that Jaws crew shirt is back on sale back on through, yep. through Sunday. So you have a time to order it. But, yeah. uh, I have more interactions with people if they have a cool band shirt or a obscure movie line or something different where I'm just like, I just, I'm just drawn into that and I've had some of my best conversations. Yeah. Um, so that's how that all happens. So to hear Kel's stories, Kel should probably just hang out in elevators more for the best opportunities. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, he could, uh, internet just crapped out. <laughs> like, is there? No, you're good. We can hear you. We, can, we got you, dude. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Uh, one of my questions for you, Cal, is it weird? Or uh, maybe that's not the right word, but is it difficult to when you guys were actively touring to separate the at-home relationship as man, wife, and uh, husband versus being the same band together? I just completely blew his brain right here. Yeah, he's, he's he's frozen. Did we lose him? He'll probably he may have to check back in, dude. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we'll keep going. We're good. Uh, yeah. So, what have you been up to today besides anything outrageous? Well, also, dude, last night we did a making waves, right? Last yeah. night with uh with Ralph, who used to be our first host of Shiprock. Yeah. But now Ralph has SDR uh, podcast. It says like it's like the number one comedy podcast. Yes. Hey, sir. We got, uh, I switched to my phone. I don't know what happened there. We'll come back to that story, but I want John. I want John pose that question to Kel again. Yeah. So, Mike, I'm always kind of perplexed. Like, how is the dynamic? Was it weird to separate being a husband and wife in the home front? But if you when you're actively touring and doing your other crazy like band related stuff, did that dynamic affect either one in a positive or negative light? Like. I, I assume, like, if you guys have your normal relation couple type of argument or whatever issues, you can't bring that to the band, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's, she, she could take my shit uh, any day of the week, six ways to Sunday. Um, I mean, we'd have some knockdown dragouts, work, uh, band, all that stuff, but uh, we respect each other. And at the end of the day, it's like, uh, don't go to bed mad. And right, we'd never, we, we work really well together and we work more often really well together than fighting. You know, she's, she's tenacious. She's, she's brutal. So I need that. Interesting. Yeah. I've always kind of pictured like a, uh, like you guys walk in, you're just like, you're in the rehearsal space screaming, why did you? Do the dishes, this lawn looks like shit. And then the bass player or drummer walk in, they're like, uh, this would be a good one today. <laughs> no, it never came. I mean, they would see it fight, but then they'd be like, it kind of was like mommy and daddy are fighting, but they would, you know. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, dude, there was a, they were a very tight knit group of people that they're kind of interwoven in each other's worlds. It's not like, hey, I'll see you next rehearsal. They're usually hanging out and drinking beers or, doing whatever yeah so we, is yeah there's no like 
there's no curtain to hide behind. The arguments happen right then and there, and you just you already kind of know the premise and the context of it. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Kel, dude, look, look, we want to definitely uh, – I know that Bright is something you guys aren't really involved anymore, but is stuff still available for people? Yeah, uh, iTunes, it's everywhere, actually. It's, it's on every streaming service. I keep that up to date. Um, and it's – YouTube channel is, uh, I think, uh, youtube.com forward slash the Bright Music dash one. Had to do that. We're on SoundCloud. We're on, you know, everything you can yep. So uh, it's it's really worth it to keep it up there because you know, it's not necessarily the album sales, obviously, or the or the <laughs> streams. I mean, I get point zero 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 one cent maybe if I order, but um, just that. And if there's somebody's interested, you know, I can direct them. The cut me loose. Every time it's a, like I have that circuit uh, severity. Like I have, I have this really like chill kind of like. Uh, just just throw it off, forget what you're doing, maybe get lost or get drunk or whatever. And whatever those songs come on, man, it just it's so cool to hear, hear a good song or a great song that kind of you I always go back to my time in college when I hear those songs. It's just like again, I can't thank you enough for the friendship. It's it's fucking really rad. Cool. Yeah, uh Cut Me Loose is definitely one of my favorites to play live. We we would we would play um, you know, Dallas didn't really uh, welcome us with open arms um our stuff you know, we get we would get streams and and or purchases back then i guess from uh you know britain and it was more overseas stuff anytime we'd play in dallas it would be either on a multi you know genre bill or we play in uh lesbian clubs and interesting that community was so supportive i mean we would play their festivals we would play there at least once a month and they paid really well. It was, it was really cool. And you could see how, you know, Julie's got that quality where. Yeah. What was that tour that all women, Liz Fair, Liz Fair Liz, tour? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or yeah. Lilith, Lilith Fair. Yeah. Liz Fair played Lilith Fair. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've always, but you guys also played with Timbaland too, didn't you? We did. We, uh, and that was another South by Southwest thing where a producer heard us, <laughs> called us. Out of nowhere, just to play at uh, House of Blues and open up. I forgot about the damn Timbaland gig. I was always like, Fuck, was okay. Hey, man, it, it reminded me of an old Bill Graham fucking Fillmore West thing where you got Albert King playing with The Who, playing with Aretha Franklin, playing with Iron Butterfly. It works. Hey, Shit, it's all music. Cool so, man. yeah, so let's go back then, dude. Let's let's jump into this. Let's go back to what Kel was talking about, his taste growing up, Motorhead, Ramones, all that stuff, then going like to Julie, the Depeche Mode, and the Cure. You're talking about iconic bands that have a catalog, and they are they can all be dead and gone, and well, most of them are, and, but the stuff is lasting. Today's music currency is, it's pretty null. I mean, I don't see the artists being creating that and maybe we're just in a different time because we're so singles based so it's just like chew you up spit you out when we had that in the 70s too we had basically rollers we had like paper lace we had raspberries that put out one song sell a million copies and then they're out right yeah but the bands nowadays there's two two prong thing if you're on a label they want you to churn out singles and they they don't they're not looking for you to be an ad, an album or catalog artist anymore we always make reference to the fact that if you two form today or Hendrix form today, they wouldn't be signed. Nope. 
they have their scope is too big for a lot of artists, a lot of labels. I'm sorry. Um, so what's the fucking industry going to do? I mean, look, we go on the road, we tour where the, where the, the, the modern rock circuit is what it is. I mean, and we just have to kind of go with it. John obviously works with the band. Shinedown has been around for fuck, as long as I can remember. So they do have longevity, but they're from a, they're cut from a different era. They just happen to, um, they just happen to work well with what's going on modern. But I'm talking about like new bands. Like where are those new artists? Who are they? It's weird. They, uh, it's almost like they, I think you, well, you said it, but they release songs just to be at the top of the charts for that month. They don't release songs to last stand the test of time. Uh, and I, I it, no, it, it is kind of weird because it's like you, you hear a song and you're like, yeah, it's a really good song. But then you, I come back to it a week later after what number one, I'm like, is it really that good? Cause I just heard a better song or like, so I'm just kind of, I'm always toured by, I've really actually started to enjoy just going back and listening to old albums, but like not listening to the hits per se, but the, the rest of the whole album, it's just mind blowing how music has, I think has gone downhill. Kel's a musician, man. I want your take on this, dude. I'm the same way as far as, uh, you know, going back. I find myself, um, you know, going back to New Wave or British heavy metal and then, okay, who was doing that same thing in the, uh, in the, at the same time in America? That's how I discovered Riot. I didn't know Riot. Riot, yeah. Massachusetts. I didn't know that. I did not listen to them. And then uh, Fire Down Under is one of the best albums I've heard in the last 10 years, though it came out in probably 82, 83. Um, and I don't even know how to find new artists anymore. I've, uh, I've been listening to a lot of um, instrumental prog rock lately. Um, you know, just personally, I just listen to whatever just feels good for me at the time. And I would really hate to be starting a band right now. It's, it takes so much energy and, you, you just don't know what direction to go. There's not a path anymore. You kind of create your own way. You know, you, it was the MySpace world for the longest time in the early, you know, in the early aughts. And then it became, you know, everything's on and uh, touring kids. Look, I mean, they don't tour and they record out of their, uh, you know, basically out of their basements or whatever The Billie Eilish. I mean, she does almost anything. What in her house brother, with her brother. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, that's that's the direction that the big machine is going because it's low cost production and high yield, I guess, and pumping all into market. But yeah, but and I don't know. I, I really don't have an answer. To that cause I, yeah, I, man. But as far as the basement recording things like we record this at home, I'm like the other day you have to woodshed in order to be really good. Yeah. And, you know, you can you can play smoke and mirror for a tour or two. But at the end of the day. And as a fan, man, you want to know that band put in the time. They're in the studio. I want to, I've been watching like Muscle Shoals, The Wrecking Crew, uh, all these documentaries on bands getting into the studios. Sound City was a great thing where you just get in there, man. You like play the song a hundred times over. Producer says, nah, not the right sound. Let's get a new guitar in here or, or whatever. I, I, love seeing, I love seeing a band earn that fucking album. I want to see them earn the fans' respect, not just like, oh, we put a new – the thing, unfortunately, dude, is this is the thing we've been going a long way in this country is like not like England. Music doesn't drive the culture here anymore. Culture is driven by tech. It's driven by gaming. It's yeah. basically background music for people's lifestyles. And that's the problem. Uh, and my fear in working in this business now more so than I did before. Well, I've always been kind of working, but it's like 
the arena killers are going to eventually go away. And who's going to fill those voids? I mean, who's going to who's going to step up? Who's who who would who is the next? And this is gonna, who's the next Avenged Sevenfold? You know yeah. who who is? And they're I trying mean, to get their shit figured out with the singer. I mean, I guess they're doing this. Yeah, but you're right though. Like, where's the next disturb? Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's like you make fun of Core and these bands are Godsmack, but where are they? Around fifteen thousand fans. So yeah, who's that next? I, I don't. It, it is. It is. It's very. It's very weird. I think. I don't know. Bands like you know, like the Sword have been around for a long time, but they just stay in that same. Uh, position in the middle of the pack, middle of the road. Um, you're right. There, there's the big pouring draws are just uh, they're going to go away. Yeah. Well, the thing about the sword, they fall on those things. A lot of them. I mean, it, listen, a band like Clutch, for example, they'll sell at any house of blues in the country. Yeah. Problem is, it's like they've got no. The ceiling is like right here, and they've already hit the ceiling. It's like okay, you're gonna have the world's, you're gonna be the world's greatest cult band. But at the end of the day, like the bands like the Swords and like that just didn't like they leave that original kind of thought process of those first early albums where they're like ZZ Top on steroids, and then they kind of try to smooth the sound out and it just goes they lose the fan base they have, which is very critical for a band like that. And you're always like, this all comes down to fucking representation. Who was repping them? Is the you know, should they have jumped labels? Should they have had better people, agents, whatever in their corner? Or was the band just say, you know, we don't want to change. We just, we're good doing, you know, 500 people a night. We'll sell 15,000 albums, whatever. And we're good with that. Um, the only band that's like that has actually ever broken through is Mastodon. Yep. And the sword, the sword, real quick, the sword, the sword gets opportunities. They get opportunities. They get the Metallica dates for Europe. They're playing to 25,000 people a night. Doesn't transfer. Unfortunately, things don't translate over here. How many bands do we know? Rival Sons, Kings of Leon that have to play over there, get a name, come over here, and then make it. Yeah. Or Blackstone Cherry. They can sell at Wembley. They do a House of Blues here. Hmm. Right. I didn't, I, know, I, 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 I didn't know they were big. Oh, dude, they're massive. They're, they're oh, like they have uh, Darlington. Yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. I mean, they're they're playing over White Snake, and they're up there with Bill, double cold build with like Def Leppard. It's 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 amazing that 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 transference of sound doesn't really generate over here and it's maybe because we are we too big a country is it too vast are we do we well, have too many people thing, with though, i don't think the uk has all like the uk doesn't have country now people like garth brooks and these type of a-listers can't go over there and play stadiums but absolutely their 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 hip-hop seed isn't as big or as are like i mean they have the legends there but it's not as diverse. I'm not. I don't even. I don't know if that diverse diversity is the right word. I just don't think they have the. They don't strike me as the the type of people that will put a TikTok star number one on the on the airplane there. If that makes sense. Where no. USA is so just anything goes. Get it to number one. Just the so other. You. I think the UK has looked at that. I don't know. I just. It's. I prefer that scene a lot more. So what do we think about Wolfgang? Or Mammoth WBH. As far uh, and listen, I I love the two tracks that are out right now. I really do. They're very they're very modern rock oriented. That's the age of the kid. That's what his influences are, other than his dad. But the fact that it take when he recorded the album, he's in a very delicate place, 
And to put that stuff out, man, I'm I'm all for him. I'm I'm just gonna be his biggest supporter, man. I think he's that's what he's doing great. Video with his dad, the pictures and stuff. You're him. you're you're dying, dude. It's so yeah. funny, dude. They showed Herman from Dragon Force watched it live on YouTube, and like you know, just kind of watch it. And streaming at the end of it, man. Just because you know, not that the song blew him away, but just the whole fact that yeah. Wolfgang's having to tackle this issue. I can't imagine trying to be a guitar player, running your own band, and your dad's Eddie Van Halen. I just can't imagine the pressure because the judge. Anyone is fair, not going to judge a kid, but if they see him play bass with Van Halen, he's an amazing bass player. Yeah, multi. Yeah, so apparently, you know, he played drums, guitar, and bass on it. Um, and uh, I didn't he play everything. Like, yeah, he played like everything, everything. Yeah, but uh, whole thing. Uh, I think it's amazing. It, the production, it's you know, musicianship is out of this world. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say one other thing real quick about UK is they have media still. They have magazines, classic yeah. rock, the prog rock. That the media is still there and a brick and mortar store for you to go and check out and peruse over. We were dominant when we had circus and rip and uh hit prater and you know and cream we were that we were so engaged in it now it's just online guys like you know trying to get some press out there and you know i think too is you run into a lot of pr agents who have a massive roster of bands and they can't fully give their time and really work for a year on a project you know right yep yeah i mean it's great for their business but at the end of the day you need to be able to to service those those clients individually and uh, separate from everyone else. They always have to have their own kind of unique uh, paradigm to how you how you put them out there. Speaking of new wave British metal, wherever that acronym is, uh, last Wabba. night I was watching um, the Big Four Sonosphere the first time they did it, mm-hmm. and they all jump on to Am I Evil. Well, I didn't realize that was the cover or a song. That Diamond Head originally wrote, right? Yeah. So then I did a went down the Diamond Head route. I mean, they were. It seemed like they were on the outs almost until whoever covered that song. I mean, the residuals they get off that song from the cover. The singer Brian, I think, said like it literally puts food on the table. Yeah. Well, dude, yeah. yeah uh, if you go to the uh, if you go to the Garage Days Revisited, yes, the Metallica thing, the Prince, that's Diamond Head. They they covered like two or three diamond heads over their course of the thing. So Metallica really is and Am I Evil comes off, I believe, off of uh is that on Kill 'em All Kill? Um Or that, that was that just, just a cover in the garage, garage days. Garage days. Yeah, so yeah, Metallica Metallica helped bring them back to the forefront. But you know what, man? If you go back and listen to their stuff, their stuff is amazing. They're like budgie. It's like they're so good. And Ozzy Budgie owes a lot to Metallica for crash course and brain surgery. So it's like, you, you see it all, man. And you're like, you know what? If a kid in Akron, Ohio never knew who those bands are, they do, They know now. Yeah. So as much as we like the rag of Metallica just because, well, they're an easy target from time to time, um, they've done wonders as far as getting kids exposed to bands that they would have never, regardless of Spotify and all the way you can search, they would have never found these bands. There was nothing like during that time when uh, Kill 'Em All came out. Uh, finding the import section of your uh, record store and just you, know, you were talking about buying obscure stuff, John. Just you know, the thrill of this and the discovery because that's how I discovered Metallica was basically uh, because they were so freaking ugly on the back. It was like I got it. <laughs> it's just and you yeah. Know, I guess you have it. Now. We have several records. Fort Worth, 
that are amazing. We have Docs and uh, Born Light, which is primarily heavy metal uh, based. Um, and there's a big community there. They have pizza, Saturdays, and live bands. And coming back. Um, but boy, when it was in its heyday, when, when I was a kid, there was just nothing like that feeling. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it, it, that period from 80 to 85. Well, didn't you own a record, Justin? Well, I had a couple of the CD warehouses. Okay, that's right. Franchisee kind of thing. And it was cool. It was, the CDs were already been going, but I mean, it was still a big business, but got out as you kind of started seeing the idea of files and everything coming in. And I mean, you know, you, you, it was fun because then DVDs created. So we started doing a lot of DVDs. So it's just one of those things. But, you know, you were able, I was first in line for all those cool imports and stuff like that. And I, I ordered shit that was my stuff, my taste. It probably sat there for years because no one wanted to get a Venom live in Germany. <laughs> which version right um so yeah dude it's i don't know if we'll ever we'll, we'll listen we'll never see a period like that again at least i think in a genre where you have like that four or five year span it's like new wave from like 79 to 84 it's like this period where they just kind of took over kids at school or whoever um and i just don't see it happen again we're too we're too fractured and it's so easy to get whatever you want. Yeah, I mean that's why the 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 the, uh, the absolute idea that vinyl has made the little dent, which is maybe seven percent, it has is is amazing. It's amazing and it's very inspiring that people are actually doing that. And I always have to laugh because there's some bands are putting out their stuff on uh, cassette. I mean, like maybe five hundred limited, but I'm yeah. like, well, that's great, but where the fuck are you going to find a cassette player? That's ridiculous. Cassette is just too frustrating. Yeah, I mean, that should come with a big pen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, so, John, so, Kel, we were having a laugh last week because John wasn't familiar with the movie Cotton Candy. Oh, boy. Yeah, so. I'm, was, and I'm a huge fan of Clint Howard, though, which is, I don't know if a lot of people can say that, but uh, I I just love how zany he was. So, when Justin brought it up, I'm just like, holy like this is slapstick meets just on steroids. Like it's I think it. I think they made it. I think they made it. Uh, being very sincere about how they made it. Ron Howard's like his third film. He'd only been he'd done Grand Theft before that, which was down a lot like Decatur, Texas, down from like Mesquite. And then he did one other thing, and it was just like, it was like you see it, and you're like, even I remember watching it when I was a kid. I was like, you know, when you're ten years old. What do you fucking know? Oh, this is cool. And then you start going, then you re watch it as an adult, and you kind of laugh at it, but you also kind of go, go, man, I miss Battle of the Bands, and I miss this kind of stuff, and I, I really long for the sincerity of kids wanting to learn instruments and have a band war in school, you know, when, they, when they're passing between social studies class going to English, and there's like, they're fronting each other. Yep. You know? Did you watch the film, John? Yeah, I watched the first half, the thing you sent me. I mean, Tor my favorite character that is the biggest dick is Torben, the lead singer of Rapid Fire. Mark Wheeler, he uh, Mark he, Wheeler, yeah. Uh, he was also in Apollo 13. This is this is a family film. Let's just there, there, uh, you know, and what's his name, Charles Smith, who was in uh, yeah, the Untouchables. American Graffiti, yeah, gra yeah the, that's right. Is he counting in the Untouchables? Yeah, yeah. uh, I mean, and then Clint, <laughs> I forgot about that. But Howard is, you know, as the manager, and then Rance Howard, he was a, a teacher, so you got the Howards in that this whole thing. Um, you've got actors that Ron used later in, in life and you've got a really sweet story. 
and I, I know that it's cheesy and I love bad movies. And this is a bad movie as far as like, it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's what it is. It's cheese whiz. And uh, I've seen it 75 times, probably. I'll just, I'll just get in the mood and I've got to watch it. Yeah. You're just get away from the heaviness of the real world or what's going on. Do you put that on? But I love the fact that it was like film local to where we were living and the mall is still there. That's that the, the whole thing is still there. They never they never destroyed that like the other malls. We'd grow up going to school or be going to as a kid. It's still there. So you're like, man, this is part of like weird lore, you know? You, when they cut across the uh, the crowds and you see like a, a banner that's uh, KBIL, which is a radio station here, and then you see the go around and Orange Julius uh, finger hair, Julius. like it's. I mean, it's like a time travel right back to my childhood of being forced to go to the mall. What was the movies you guys remember growing to the drive-in theater to see? Um, I, my first movie I ever saw was at a drive-in theater, and it was Gene Wilder's, uh, is it the greatest, world's greatest lover? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I love Gene Wilder. <laughs> I don't know what I'm <laughs> was that Holy parents, or was that by yourself and a girlfriend? <laughs> oh, I was probably uh, I was probably <laughs> 10, ten, and we had a drive-in theater in Jacksboro, the small little town that I grew up in, and it wasn't too far from now. So uh, we went. I would just I didn't understand it. I just wanted to be at the theater, drive-in theater. Yep. I saw well, Jaws was a drive-in theater. I saw Jaws in drive-in theater. I saw. I think my brother took me to say Animal House at the drive-in theater. He initially oh, took yeah. me. There's a in Fort Worth. As they used, my brother went to TCU, and so Animal House came out when he was like a sophomore, and he's in a fraternity, so it was just all kind of made sense. But he got me into the theater. We there used to be a theater on there's a there's a street called Camp Bowie in Fort Worth. It's like the main like art street, like you know a lot of independent local shops and kind of high end houses that are kind of very vintage. It's very Fort Worth. We used to be a theater called the Bowie or the Bowie, and then it became a bank. And I don't even think it's gone. Is it gone? Kel, it's gone. Oh, that's my bank still. Yeah, dude. So all I remember is like I think back to that time when my brother and I had those kind of experiences. Like we so I, I'm thinking I, I remember the scene and, and and I'm being like, fuck, what, 12, 13 years old? And he took me and we're watching this thing and it's singing. It's all his fraternity brothers and me. And the scene where like uh Otter pulls out the like massive dildo out of the bag and they're all laughing. And I'm like, what is that? You know, I don't even know what that is, you know. So now it's just it's just so funny. It's like, God, the things I like was showed me to because then like two years later we go we used to go to the, up the street used to play called the ridgely theater like double story like things you could go and watch like they show shit like new like we that's the first time i saw alien was there awesome but downstairs they had like another theater in there and you could go watch hard day's night the beatles movie yeah. just they were so random dude and kel and i will attest to the same place there's a place called crystal's pizza did you ever have those up up in the mass no, but I, I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's a big piece of place. It looks like the Old West, and they have a big yep. theater in there. That was also a great place to see, like, 20-minute shorts. Like, you could go watch the Three Stooges or something in there. and you know. But it's just, like, one of those scenes, like, man, it's like the Emporium and Days of Confused. Like, where the fuck did those places go? Why did they have to go away? I think this COVID, or this 2020, I think is to make people realize um, that stuff should never have gone away. What can we do to bring it back? I mean, because I've seen the drive-ins with these shows I've been doing, and uh, I, I mean, you you get those you get those feelings of memory. We'll go there with a kid where your parents would bring you and your friends. You put the blanket out in front of the car. You're running around throwing a Nerf football and playing tag, pissing people off that don't want to deal with kids. And I just remember all the stuff. So when I see these people 
doing movie nights again at these drive-ins because of these concerts are doing it's it's just kind of it's just kind of cool like i just remember the loud music playing people's cars people going to get the popcorn and the greasy burgers and the little stations the place near me and i'm just like man i wish this was still here kids i mean even on tour on days off if we have an arcade near us we're going to an arcade we'll get soda pop go to the local beer place grab a cheap food but doing the fun activities like that, like going to the boardwalk and doing those stupid sideshow games. Like, I just miss all that. Absolutely. Well, dude, one of the funny things is, like, the irony of all this, John, and you're involved in this, the fact that, like, without drive-ins, we wouldn't able to be even do any concerts in 2020. Well, that infrastructure has yeah, that's the test of time, but yet they don't – yeah, no, you're, you're completely right. There. Without it. So the irony is that, I mean, down here in New Orleans, dude, there's a place called the Broad Theater. It's like a local theater. It's two-screener. Um, and they basically for like COVID, they just become things like the, you go there, get king cake during Mardi Gras, right? That's going to be the outlet to go. Cause they right next door, they bought the lot and they built, uh, a basically it's not a drive-in, but it's a sit-in. You can go, it's an outdoor theater. Now you just watch it and they sell out every show because it's so unique and it's such a, and it's so the thing about drive-ins that you go to movie theater, it's a singular thing, or maybe you're with your date or your wife or whoever, you know, it's a thing, but just, but it's just, just you isolated. You're, you're, you're your sweet, sensual lover. And then, um, but if you go to a drive-in, it's a community thing. All of a sudden, it becomes a communal, right? So, and I think people are going to start getting back to that because we've been so fucking isolated that right now is the time to own a drive-in theater. Yeah, we have the uh, Coyote Drive-In right near the stockyards just uh, north of downtown. And it's hopping all the time. And uh, they've modernized it as far as, you know, you listen to the audio over a certain frequency on your radio. And uh, so you can play your Bose system, you know, listen to it. It's going to sound great. Craft beer, gourmet food. It's a great, it's a great time. They did the Metallica thing there. that was ridiculously expensive. $275 tickets. I don't know who would have done that. Yeah. Unless they're there. Like, I don't know people. Cause we ran into that when we started this last September. Cause people are like, are, they, are the band here? Or is it like the Metallica thing? Like, no, we're actually here and you can physically see them. Not like on a screen. Yeah, that was a that was a, a grab and go uh, event for them, and I think I think it's maybe in a Live Nation gig. I don't know, um, but yeah, it's it was one of the things they 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 that was strictly working off people's emotions. I've got to go somewhere. I've got to see music. I got to see it with people around me. I don't care how I see it. And uh, hey, man, bully for them. They they sold out every show. Good for them. Hey, knock it out of the park, man. You know, any movement sump is good, right? So yep. yeah, dude. So. It's funny to think about those things of our lives um, that have gone away that we really wish were back. And, you know, we always hope that like, when we look at fashion, old as new, I, I see more girls wearing flares and bell bottoms now than i ever seen. The tight pants are gone. They're going back to flares, right? I'm like, keep it up. Let's keep going, man. We can, we're, we're going to, let's, let's de-evolve, shall we? Keep your computers and shit, but let's de-evolve as people and social structures, you know? Yep. And let's get back to those things. Like those, the, let's get back to fucking block parties, man. Oh, fuck. God. Everyone brings their fucking potluck uh, thing. You know, obviously COVID won't let it happen. But once that happens, let's get back to something like that, you know? Yep. You know, uh, Fort Worth, I mean, in general, I guess Texas in general is, is pretty wide open right now. I don't know about where. I mean, it's. Oh, I know not- Florida's wide open. I've been in Massachusetts. Yeah. We just got to phase three, March 1st, phase three, part whatever. So that means 
Fedway Park that people are at, uh, at capacity or a full, half capacity, like venues like that, drive-in, movie theaters, everything's back open, limited oh. capacity. So I, I honestly think at this uh, April, like people have had enough. Like, do if you can't go out, don't want to go out, don't do it. Wear a mask. Wear if you don't want to wear a mask, wear it. But let, let's go. Let's fire up the cylinders of America and just start kicking ass again. Well, you saw that uh, uh, leak is definitely happening um, in uh, in Britain. And what was the what's the other concert that's uh, what's happening in Britain? I'm sorry, you cut out. Uh, Leeds. Oh, Le- okay. Because I think because yeah, uh, Justin Buddy there, uh, Liam Gallagher said. He he put tweeted out like, "Let's go fucking Leeds, fucking Reading, or yeah. whatever, whatever, however he does it." And that, that I think that too, and then Bloodstock Festival in October is happening, uh, but they're promising an extra day. It's like just headliners every day. Well, like today they canceled Grass Pop, so that's gone. In Belgium. Uh huh. Is that because of COVID or the? Yeah, it's, it's of, all because uh, of the safety. Or I mean, help refugees. <laughs> Dude, it's like, uh, well, Hellfest did it because they realized they could, They well, we could still have the festival, but we just can't have it the way you're used to. So we have to, we're going to can it, which is really. People are, and I, and if, if you're going to do it for that reason, I get it because people are yeah. accustomed to whatever. But I mean. Dude, I just don't know about, man, with London always spiking, I just, I want leads to happen. I want all that shit to happen. But it's just kind of like, is it going to be like the addendum where it's like, okay, is it going to be masking? There's going to be all these contract tracing. And people don't want that. Going to a festival is grief anyway, right? Parking and dealing with shit and people. And now you start throwing that in. I'm like, man, all right. All right. You better have a tent that has a place where people can go complain. <laughs> Customer service tent. Size of fucking Target because you're going to get hit left and right with that shit. But, uh, hey, man, whatever, you know? I mean, I know over here... Women are still, still trying for that one in the ladder in life. That's about it. Where is you know, there's a Jacksonville, uh, Louis, Louisville, Kentucky, or these guys. Yeah, mm. yeah. He's got, uh, he's got the one in Florida though. He's doing in the fall. That will be good to go. That one that's going to be the what is that? Uh, Rockville. Rockville, the one that used to be in Jacksonville, now it's yep. in Daytona. Yep. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you get down to Daytona, dude. There's, they're kind. It's all bikers, so there's no real rules. Florida, I'm doing an air show. Man, it's fifteen thousand people. Uh, I mean, I've even got stuff in California that they're they've already said like after July first, we're doing these. Like we have to, otherwise we're literally gonna die on the vine here. And here's the thing: you can be smart, you can be safe. You don't have to just just help. I don't like this idea of we, these people want to do it. Let them have the chance to prove themselves that they can do it safely. That's mm-hmm. why I don't give people a chance. Yeah. Unfortunately, right now, we're realizing that this bunch, um, they're going to slow roll the fuck out of everything. Oh, God. Dude. Well, um, they're talking about hunting them. And then start what? wars. They're going to slow roll everything here and launch missiles into Syria. Hey, you got to protect that pipeline they agreed to, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, the one, dude, the listen. The not going to Canada. Hey, but in good news, dude, he, he did like do like the third best score in that Chuck E. Cheese on Mario Kart last week. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. What? I, <laughs> did you hear about that shit? But I didn't hear. I, I know having physically <laughs> seen the weird activity, not weird, but these random weird. Cowboys, like, oh, the president goes miniature golfing or he goes get ice cream, whatever. Who cares? Whoever it is. But 
the last four years, they've scrutinized every freaking thing Trump has done. And at the minute this guy, before he even gets there, he gets he can't even, he gets hurt by his dog tripping out of the shower. He's go, like they make all this weird. Oh, he's doing this, he's doing that. Oh, Jill's doing trick or treating with the soldiers that are still at the White House that they got kicked out of the into the parking lot. But here's a goodie basket of candy. Like it's just the media is so in bed with one side. That's what bothers me. If you're gonna be in bed, be in bed with everyone, or be in bed with no one. I mean, look, it, like, Kyle, the thing was, is he was playing uh, Mario Kart with his granddaughter, right? In a, like a, like arcade thing. And it, I don't know if it's the middle, like when you're just in office, you're always, 20, you're 24 seven president. It's no longer, hey, I'm in my third year. I can let other people handle this. And uh, the VP's taking all the calls with world leaders, which is unheard of. 100%. Well, we know yeah. why. But... Well, yeah, we know why. But even, but then she wasn't, <laughs> the sources say that she wasn't even informed about the, the, the airstrikes the other day. Kept out of the loop. Yeah. I, I, and I feel like the press secretary, like, I don't, like, she can't compare <laughs> to the previous one. I mean, we'll, we'll circle back on this, but I yeah. just don't think, uh, I, I feel bad for her. Here's why. Because I don't think they're even communicating with their own staff, and it shows. No. I, I hate seeing people follow their own sword when they don't have the information. It's just like it's just so mind blowing. Well, look, it, it does none of us any good. It does it does us the detriment and, and as the as the as the civilians, the populace, that they can't get their shit, their eggs, you know, their eggs in a basket, can't get their shit together, and it's everything's misinformation. I'm like, okay, uh, and then obviously the news, the news as it used to be, would like call it out, get the hard question. Now they can just call a lid or just walk off the stage mid question. They're never sat there and. And pose a question anymore, you know, or, or even get the questions ahead of time. That's just yeah, that yeah, my minds. Yeah. So, and so I heard Biden's Biden's in Texas right now with Governor Abbott. Uh, that's what I hear. I've been. I'll tell you this. I've been uh, <laughs> a little late to the party, I'm, isn't he? What's that? He's a little late to the party, isn't he? A little, a little. Seventy-five degrees. Hey. It's balmy today. I got shorts on. No, I'm wearing a jacket. That was that was weird. That was the strangest when uh, you know you're watching snow melt rapidly at a 70 degree turn. Mm. It was minus one, and then I think it was like 69 degrees. You know, four days, three days later. It's a heart machine that's causing uh, weather, man-made weather, baby. The what now? The heart machine that the military created. I love going down those conspiracy theories uh, with, well, especially with Texas, because I know we kind of talked off the record about, man, what if this is man-made or they can control the weather? It's like the fact that they've actually created devices that have done this since Vietnam, you're kind of like, it kind of makes you wonder, right? Like why, it's just, it just, there's no record of history of that type of event happening in Texas. And for it to happen at the timing, that, everything is just so bizarre. It's so fascinating, and the you know the whole uh, push to make Texas look like a laughing stock with the power grid and all that stuff. Um, you know, ERCOT's getting theirs. Uh, those what was it? Five guys uh, that aren't yeah, from Texas. They, they cut off the head of that snake. Yeah, so it's it's bizarre. I was well, we three days straight. It was cold as balls. I'm telling you. Jeez. Yeah, dude, it's that wet cold, which uh, gets in your bones and shit because the humidity is, is, is crazy. So let's talk about, John, you talked about Mr. Potato Head. 
Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, Since when does Hasbro have to start playing that game? Well, it's like they, they, you saw they, you saw what the Oreo cookies yesterday put out that. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. True. Okay, I got a couple things on this. One, potatoes are asexual. I don't. I've always thought he was the first transgender asexual toy it had that you could do whatever you want with them. Like it make everyone happy. I would always dress mine with earrings, lipstick, but make him a dude. Like I, I just thought it was funny. Now it's just like, well, Hasbro today, they backtracked. They said, hey, folks, sorry about the misinformation that came out on our end, but we're still going to have Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head in the near future, for sake, whatever future. And it's just like, were they that? Part of me thinks, do these companies throw out this random bullshit just to create hype for people to buy Mr. Potato Head because they're a fear of cancel culture? Like, it's weird. But I mean, the thing is, is like they go, it's almost like they go searching for it. It's like, it's not like someone came to them and said, you know, this thing you have, this, this isn't going to fly in today's culture, modern culture. It's like, was there any reason in the world that Nabisco yesterday with, with Oreo cookies had to say in a tweet that trans, trans, what does it say? Trans people exist. Is it really, was that, was that something brought to their forefront? I'm no like, do you cares. realize? No do do, 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 do middle America moms who drive their kids to and from school into soccer practice really need to hear that shit? Because that's your customer. Wait till Mr. Clean becomes a she bitch or uh, Cracker Barrel becomes the barrel factory because. You can't, oh, dude, did you just I'm, say Mr. Clean is going to become a woman? Women don't clean houses. That's 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 we should, gender we specific. That the turkey was dry. Tell it to <laughs> Kelly Osborne. Good God. I'm just, I mean, I'm just blown away by this idea of just everyone's upset over nothing. Like, do we, don't we have enough issues in this world to deal with? with well, here's the, the, the problem, dude, is like, you know what? 85% of the country doesn't give a flying fuck. They're still going, where's our stimulus check that you promised us that we're never going to see now? Oh, dude, and that thing that came out, the Pelosi is going to, part of the deal is if you're a federal employee, you get $25,000. If you had to deal with any kind of COVID thing, we get 1400 they get 25000 for better yeah, federal employee. They never lost any money. They never lost their benefits. They kept working. I'm like, they're right now, man, they are going for broke on everything. Because they can right now. Because there's no one to step up and, and say, and plus they don't have the votes anymore that they can be stopped. They can just ram it all through. It's just, it's so, it's, this whole thing's a crapshoot. Yeah, dude, but the whole cancel, do what, Kel? It's exhausting. I'm just, uh, you've got so many things coming at you all the time that it's like, well, that's ridiculous. And then I, I've gotten to the point where I, I'm really getting talented at shutting shit down out of my mind. Could you imagine you, like, how would you guys, you're, you as a band, the bright, but then you guys, you and your wife, like imagine touring right now. Like how would you guys, would your mentality have changed? Would you be more like, just pissed off like would that have changed your writing process too if you guys were active active through this time frame i think if um you know if our, if, if our you know our business right now is, is our, our our big baby um yeah the, the bright became a very hungry expensive baby and but we we during our um peak of creativity i think with this would have we would have produced something very uh, productive out of it, right? How if I would have been angry or whatever, but I think we would have uh, probably, you know, done 
things we would have never even tried bring in the mellotron bringing uh you know record in the hall or you know instead of going into the studio we'd have done hunkered down and done some really kick-ass cool stuff it just so happens that um our business took off and then that's the path we had to go and, and, and being in a band is if we, we, we don't have support it's expensive Justin, one of the things we did last episode was uh, I got like two or three messages from fans or friend fans from friends that were like, hey, could you guys go back and or maybe do it every episode where you guys kind of create your own recasting of an iconic movie? Because that stuff we did with Jaws was so funny, especially when we started talking about doing all black Jaws cast. Yeah, yeah. So it got me thinking of just like how, like what other classic movies could you just really disrupt the status quo by doing like a ridiculous recasting? <laughs> just, it just blows my mind. Yeah, I, it was so funny. Uh, I, we could start with someone like Caddyshack. Man, imagine if they remade that. No. No. Or even Animal House or even... Because there's no one... Well, actually, there are a few actors that play dry, sardonic, like Trevi Chase. Not in his manner, though, because let's take someone like Ryan Reynolds. The guy's really good at doing that kind of like sarcastic, uh, a little face. vulnerable. Yeah, straight face kind of thing. But it's almost too much. Like it's almost done for comedic effect. Unlike Chase, this seems like that character seemed like he would have just said that shit anyway. He wasn't Trevi looking. Chase. It's Fletch. It all, it all well, I was going to say either that or Fletch, but the thing about Jaws is it had three or four really strong characters, right? It had the three guys and then the mayor. Yeah. Caddyshack has probably, I guess, maybe three. They got, you know, you got Dangerfield, you got Chase, you got uh, Ted Knight. You got Ted Knight. You got Ted, Ted Knight and then Noonan. Yeah. La, 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 la. But the thing is, it's like those one of those movies, like if you redid it, I think the the outside cast, whether it be the the Italian brothers or uh, or like Spalding, you know, all these characters, they could really filter in some really cool little things. But dude, I don't know who would play. I have not a clue who would play Chase in that movie. I, I mean, there's a lot of people we could put as like uh, Ryan Reynolds would is kind of a good call. I mean, uh, you can you can kind of hear that uh, he can. The great thing about Chevy is he he would just improvise. He yes. Mm -hmm. and i think ryan does that too um who would play ted knight <laughs> the thing about the only thing about reynolds is he's too good looking ted knight was so good at that his anger like i i just felt for that guy when roddy would just keep fucking with him he's so good <laughs> so yeah you, you think about someone like that like you know what you have to get it and the funny thing is ted knight looked it but he really wasn't that old when they shot that he was just early, he great early, you know, great right. up early. And obviously, the same way with him when he was on a Maritime Moore show. He just went right from that to that. So that's the thing is you have to find that smug, a uh, little bit idiotic because he's always wrong, but he thinks he's right. Correct. You know, kind of thing. Um, man, that's a good one. Now this, okay, we can we can we can chew on this for a second because now we've got the wheels rolling about who could play what, but it's a tough one. Yeah. So start. Let's pick a character. We'll just go with it. Uh. Ty Webber, Chevy Chase, we're going to go Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ty Webb. Who would play Ty Webb? Oh, shit. Ed Helms. Oh, well, the one person we're forgetting about is Carl Spackler. Bill Murray's character. Oh, yes. I don't know how you'd have It that. almost feels like you could bring 
Murray back. Oh, but yeah. play like another character based on that character. Well, he can play. He can play Lou, the fucking caddy boss. Well, another. That's Bill Burr's brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, what's this? Uh, Brian. Family. Brian. Yeah. Brian. Okay. Now. Okay. Now we have to really look inside of this. Uh, hold on. <laughs> you realize we're ten, we're like this is like fucking trying to recast fucking like The Exorcist. Yeah, perfect. Um, hold on. Let me. That's next week. <laughs> That's next. The uh, the baby Ruth bar. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well yeah. I mean, dude. I mean, who's gonna play Lacey Underall? Could be played by a bevy of women. Yeah. Well, that can you? That could actually be uh, Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds' actual real wife. Yeah, Blake Lively actually be really really good. A side note: Did have you seen the rhythm section? Amazing. God damn. Kettle, have you seen that? Red, red, you watch Netflix? Yeah. Is it? Is it on Netflix or Amazon Prime, John? I think it's Netflix. I think. Okay, it's called the Rhythm Section, and Blake oh. Lively's in it with Jude Law. She plays. She she plays this kind of like drug addict who lost her parents who becomes this assassin. It's fucking amazing. Um. God damn it. <laughs> Could you put Jim Carrey in as? Uh, it's just a no. real. It's hard, hard to love Jim. Yeah, it's, but it's almost like he's almost. You, you get these people that are so known for a certain character. Like I would look at him, and I can't get Ace Ventura out of my head. Yeah. Like I want to picture like a like a like an off the cuff William Chatner as Ted Knight. That'd be good. Yeah. Because yeah, like, that I, would be good. Kind of a little bumbling. Little bubbling, he's a, he's not self-aware that he's a moron, but he's very stoic and he carries that extra weight with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Bill Shatner loves him some Bill Shatner. Right, right. Which would play into the character of just So even... Bill Sh- so William Shatner as Ted Knight's character, the judge. Yeah, unless the Star Trek stuff would be too much baggage. I mean we're <laughs> No, no, there's, hey, man, listen, he's, he, you know, Boston legal and everything is good. Also oh, might be really good is, uh, is, uh, speaking of Boston legal would be, uh, Spader. Spader. Oh yeah, he could. Oh mm. yeah. He'd be a good Ty Weber. Yeah, I think he's too old. I think he's too old. He's too rotund. He's not fit enough. Got you. Yeah. Blacklisted buzzers when you start winning Emmys. Uh, yeah. Damn. How about Robert Duvall's Ted Knight? No, too old. Okay. You have to get a big wig. Too old, yeah. Uh, the thing is, dude, you got to understand, too, we have to be realistic in the sense that, like, and, like we're trying to be realistic. Um, <laughs> like, we're doing realistic in the sense that, like, would these people even agree to, agree to do these roles? Like, they'd all be like, these are A-listers we're laying. They'd be like, like, no, no. Well, who's Rodney Dangerfield? How do you even, how do you replace that energy? It has to be a real comedian, but that actually can be off the cuff. Bill Barr? Oh God, that'd be a no. Bar Bar would be great as Speckler. Yes. Yeah, he'd be good at that. Um, Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, he's got to be. He's got to be. Dude, that scene where he goes through the uh, the soiree kind of dinner party where he's like, oh, now I know why tigers eat their young. And like, does that come with a free bowl of soup? Like, that stuff, man, is so funny. It's hard to picture another person saying those lines. Well, dude, I tell you one person I can picture as, 
as a chase is DiCaprio. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a, a certain debit. Dude, after after not so much Wolf of Wall Street, but the way he played. Well, maybe Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know, but the way he played in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great role. God damn it! This is hard. It's easier to do Jaws, and I worship that film, and I would like never even right. consider that. My God, we had Jordan Peele playing Hooper. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is tough because I think it's tough because these movies are so classic. Well, the thing, dude, I think with Caddyshack, I think they would mix up the cast to bring in like uh, more African Americans and probably uh, Latino type actors. Like John Leguizamo could play a good caddy boss, hundred percent. Well, thousand percent, yes, absolutely. He's got the humor; he's stoic, but he's got that kind of like lingo where he can kind of. Yeah. Who's playing Denunzio? Oh, jeez. What's Denunzio? Is he the. Uh, he was the, the, the good looking, cool, too cool for yeah. school uh, Hispanic uh, Italian yeah. Italian guy. It was like, hey, anybody, it, right. it, ain't, it ain't your day, Noonan. Throwing down a lung dart while he's hitting a, a nine iron. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, now, who's yeah, the man. character that's being struck by letting you die? <laughs> oh, the, 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 the father? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, okay, okay, I got it. Uh, have you seen Gross Point Blank? Yeah, yeah. You know the father on Gross Point Blank? Uh, that's uh, Mini Driver, or what's, what's your name, Mini Driver's dad? Yeah, 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 he's a, he's a great character actor. I can't remember his name for the yeah. life of me. He would be the good, he'd be a good uh, uh, father. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, dude, you know what, You're, that's actually, that's perfect, actually. That's a perfect casting. Uh, he was also in Liar Liar. Like I think he was a uh, an exec, big executive. Yeah, he was on the, with the boardroom. Yeah. The, yeah. What the fuck is his name? No, that, that I like that. That's good. Now, would we keep a gopher, or would we change this to like maybe? No, just uh, keep the gopher. I mean, you got you got to keep something. I mean, listen, you want to play this to the cuff as best you can without. You're not going to be able to replicate it, but you're definitely going to, you know. And where's uh, where's Bush? Is it Bushwood? That's the country club. Yeah, yeah Bushwood's in Nebraska, I think. Is it really? Yeah. They shot in Nebraska. I think it's Nebraska or Ohio, something like that, because those, those guys are from that area. Um, God damn it. Yeah, it's it's it, it's interesting to kind of... Well, no, we got... We got I, I'm, I'm tortured now. I can't fucking leave this hanging. Yeah, All right, so let's hey. go through. We got the big characters, I think, out of the role. We can plug and play there. Okay, so we're... Ty Weber... Ryan Reynolds. I'm going DiCaprio. DiCaprio or Reynolds? Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so either way, hey. Maybe, okay. maybe. Uh, okay, you got to remember, dude, that uh, that's the problem is like Ryan Reynolds and DiCaprio are both in their like 40s. How about Jason Sudeikis? Or who's the guy? Oh, uh, yeah, dude, he'd be really good. But yep. you gotta remember, you gotta remember, like, Noonan was only like, or we're talking about Ty Webb. We're talking about, Ty yeah, because that, you know, you want it right there. That's the winner. Um, yeah, I'd go with that because he's perfect age and he's, he's just smug enough to write. I mean, the, the, uh, the, was it, what was the show we wanted? Horrible Bosses. Yeah. Horrible Bosses. Oh. And he's been great on this recent show. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Oh, God, you know who else would be fucking really good? I don't even know what role I want to put him in, but I just put him in as Will Arnett. You got to put him in some role. He might be a good caddy boss, too. He'd be a good caddy boss, dude, or he'd be a good younger Ted Knight. 
Like yeah. if they decide to put the judge as a younger or his son, this judge's lost son or whatever, some shit. The son, yeah, I've taken over. Yeah, I would, I and I would say, you know what, I'll, I'll be okay with that because Arnett's going to deliver for you. Right. Basically, you could take a lot of the guys from Arrested Development and make the fucking cast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> who's, uh, who's uh, Ty's love interest in the, the judge? Uh, Lacey Underall. Yeah. I, I think Blake Lively. Yeah, some kind of like real thin, reedy, like pretty. Not both doesn't knock you over the fucking head with her looks, but like enough to kind of be saucy. Not uh, uh, the thing is though, he's got to be somewhere though that's younger that could play the niece of. You start getting into places now where like, well, that actress is like three years young. Goldie Hawn's daughter's name, Uh, but she's Kate Hudson. She's like fifty. She's fifty. She's older. Good God. I know, right? That's where we're at. Or what genes she came from, huh? Her DNA. See, I would love to have someone like Kurt Russell in this movie. Just because I love Kurt, but he he has that, his humor is amazing, too. Have Did you see the um, uh, P- Peyton's Place with Kurt Russell and then recapping uh, Best of Times? The, with the hockey stuff? No, it was... Uh, it was uh, Kurt Russell and uh, Peyton Manning, uh, his show, whatever, uh, Peyton. Right, right, yep. He had him on, and they talked nothing but best of times with, uh, you know, the football movie with uh, Robin Williams and Kurt really? Russell. Really? Yeah. I got to check that out. Um, God, he had such a manly name. I got to look that up, what his name was. All I know is I got to rewatch the computer who wore tennis shoes now. <laughs> you remember that Disney film with, with a teenage Kurt Russell? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Are we going to say that we failed on trying to, to cast this fucking film? It's, this one's a tough. It's a tough one. Well, so who's Rodney Dangerfield? That's where I'm really because we haven't really talked about that. Like, do you go like who's a an older comedian that's fifty, sixty? Does he have to be a comedian or someone can just play very funny? Probably someone who can play very funny. Like, imagine Kurt Wood Smith. The father from uh, uh, that '70s show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The main bad guy, Robocop. Always says dumbass. Yeah. 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 Uh, so back to the. Um, I have to get the, back to best of times. Just as Kurt Russell. His name in that movie was Reno Hightower. What a fucking name. Yeah, badass. Reno Hightower. <laughs> Oh, you know, God. this is goddamn riveting podcast. <laughs> I can't figure out. <laughs> we don't have. We don't even have any Jaeger. I know, right? It's early. It's early. Um, so, who did you mention? Oh, uh, the Kurt Smith, uh, the seventy show guy, Kurt Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his humor is there. It's but he's not a traditional comedian though, so I don't know. Rodney just had that swagger, like he was coke fueled. Just it is a game. Just. Give me an idea of what you need me to say or do with this scene. I'm doing it. Like that time yeah. he had was so good. And what was the song he plays on the uh, Journey? And isn't Rickles dead? Don Rickles dead. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, yeah. When, uh, when he had his golf bag. It's Journey song. But what was the song? Yeah. Um, Don't stop believing. No, anytime, any way you want it. Yeah. 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 yeah the best. You know, you could also get you could seriously go outside cast in that one and and, and make it some like uh, 
Look, Steve Harvey. Not, is it Steve Harvey? The guy who hosts like Family Feud? Yeah, you could. Yeah. I mean, he's great. Yeah. He's timing's great. I mean, yeah, his timing's great. He, he just, I mean, that's one of the things where, hey, look, we have to think outside the box here. What can we do? Yeah, that actually, that, that could work, actually. But, dude, back to Cotton Candy for a second. <laughs> so the, the band that Charles <laughs> ta, ta, that Charles Smith put together, I mean, they were way ahead of the curve. Dude. It was a diverse band. You had a Hispanic bass player. You had a female drummer. Yeah. And, you know. Did you and, see that, that when they go on that date, the going to the movies, it was uh, the Granada in Dallas, up Greenville. God damn it. Now I got to watch this again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they walked down that, uh, right down the brick sidewalk or the sidewalk that has two brick buildings where snuffers used snuffers still there is a gun i think they rebuilt it i haven't been down there in a fucking so now i gotta watch it to watch the scene where they go on the date yeah they're at the granada god damn it it's a, it's a music venue now john uh but it's a it was a classic awesome you know before that john it used to actually when it, when it initially began it began like it was made like early 20th century, right? Well, they started, like, did it for the war, and then they started showing porn. And then, basically, then it became, like, they started showing, like, regular movies when someone else bought it out, and then it became a music venue, uh, which it is today. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's got some fucking history. Here's what tears me up. Well, okay, the the hilarity of it all is that uh, Rapid Fire, great fucking band name, they only, you only hear them play one song, I Shot the Sheriff. And during the, uh, you know, the mall, it's such a brilliant, brilliant idea during the mall sequence of the Battle of the Bands, they have a, a, a turning stage. I don't think that has ever been seen, I mean, in any live setting before that, before 1978. Do you recall that, Justin? I would, I think what they did is that they had, uh, they were always like, there's always some, uh, like an Oldsmobile dealership. And had their car sitting on it, like a car show, like a permanent car, like uh, installation. So I think they just probably used that for the afternoon. But yeah, that's a great idea. That I think, and Solid Gold took that idea. Remember the the, the music show, variety show. Solid Gold took that idea. Um, no, dude, they had the two songs. They had. Remember, they shot the sheriff was always the big song they played. Like that was the thing. But remember, they they were the band for prom, and they did the slow number. And then that's where Corky picked the fight with him. That's right. Yeah. Got him right after the fucking ballad, dude. Yeah. He's all soft. That's when you hit some motherfucker when he's been listening to fucking power ballads. He's all <laughs> soft and not not assuming. You know, Clint How Clint Howard, the fucking werewolf coming at you, man, after a fucking power ballad? Get the oh, fuck yeah. out of here. <laughs> Is Clint Howard still around? Yeah. Damn it. Oh yeah. Clint those things. I mean those Thanksgivings must be fucking awesome. Well, he, I saw he was on, um, Clint Howard was on with Louder with Crowder a couple of years ago. Oh, is he, is he, that, is he that kind of crowd? Yeah. Wow. Like, I thought that's what you were referring to as far as uh, Thanksgiving, because Clint No, is... I just, I just imagine like sitting around the house of the Howard family. No, no. You're, you're going to have a, a very far left-leaning Ronald, and then Clint is, um, Pretty far in the right, from what I could tell. So, who plays like the the the, the deciding vote? Is that Bryce? Uh, are we talking about the dad or the daughter? The daughter. Yeah, the one who's in the village. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, back to Caddyshack. Uh, <laughs> Have you had time to look up? God, you're going to appreciate this fucking movie, Cotton Candy. I pushed I, it on. How do you... So, you, Justin sent me the link uh, on YouTube, but it's, obviously it's older. Is it on DVD or Blu-ray, or is it... No, dude, I found him a, a burn... Someone burned a copy in a DVD, and I found it on eBay. Like, years ago. Like, 2000... All right, so I got to find, like, a good... Five. Copy. Yeah. Well, okay. it's got to be out there somewhere. For some reason, Ron Howard has scrubbed this motherfucker... And I think it's his best work. I fucking love this movie. I'm going to watch yeah, it's, it. It's up there, dude. It's better than Cocoon. So, and that's the thing, dude. That's another thing, too. We need to bring back those made-for-TV made afternoon yeah. movies, man. Yeah. If you didn't have made-for-TV afternoon movies, then you come back with Boy in Plastic Bubble. That's the fucking gold. With Travolta? I hate that movie. Yeah, dude, that's Travolta's best work. Uh, yeah, I'm not taking away. Well, I just that idea. And how that. relevant is that fucking movie today? Oh, I mean, I just want to pop that bubble and just be like, man, man. Well, speaking of popping bubbles, did you see that fucking high school where all the fucking kids in the school band were uh, fucking in their own little like Spinal Tap pods? The green pods. I want to see yeah. that school on fire. Kels, oh, you see that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Not a parent. Not par one parent said a word. I would have been losing my shit. I would have. I would have stabbed people. I, I would have been worse than the pandemic for like 20 minutes. Damn it. <laughs> if I'm Christopher Guest, I'm suing them too. Took my pod idea. <laughs> okay, well, before we go, um, <laughs> you, you always a classic like comedy, A Mighty Wind. Who is it? A Mighty Wind. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I love that. that <laughs> Fucking genius. Dude, the mere fact that they fucking like it's all improvised, right? Yeah. Like just cut off the cuff when they're fucking they they meet each other for like the little like picnic at the outset of the movie, and they're talking about like they kind of like they moved the smaller labels as they lost popularity, and then they got the one label. Basically, it was good product, but you just had to cut your own hole into the record in order to listen to it. Yep, the best. That, that that's just the best. And I'm like, I'm looking at Harry Shearer. And we can talk about him next time with the whole debacle of him on The Simpsons. Um, oh, God. When, like, when Harry Shearer, dude, comes out and he's wearing, he's got like the little goatee and his little hat and the socks with the, like the scrap Birkenstocks. I'm like, <laughs> he aged perfectly as a folky, dude. That's what a folky would look like, the transition, dude, right? Christopher from Guest the with, his, with his bloodhound singing. Dude, it's oh, that's so... from Best in Show. That's the holy trinity of that group is Spinal Tap, Best in Show, and a Mighty it's Wind. Mighty well, Guffman's pretty damn good, too. Are waiting for Guffman. Yes. The only one where they fell flat was for your consideration. I don't know what happened there. It just didn't work. Yeah. Ass face. You're just an ass face. <laughs> he has two left feet. <laughs> no, I literally do. The best part about Best in Show, though, is, uh, is uh, Hamilton and Meg Swain, the fucking yuppies. Oh, oh my god! With the, the, the little intricate parts when she goes, she walks in and he's like, "Oh, dude, dude, the part when I know those bangs, the part when she walks in and he's on the treadmill with the dog, and he goes, he did a poopy in her slippers. He goes, my Orvis slippers. Like he went right to the or like the fact that he got so my detailed and like it's okay if it would have been the LL Bean or or the Lands End, but he went right the Orvis slippers. <laughs> and then they started talking about growing up in a family of catalogs. I'm like, speaking my fucking language, man. Just a classic. What's a, who was doing the uh, the color commentary and play by? Oh, that's uh, he just passed away. That's Fred. That's uh, Fred Willard. 
Fred Willard, yeah. Yeah, Fred Willard. See, Willard would, Willard would have been great in some sort of Caddyshack situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a classic. Eugene Levy, classic. Just oh, so yeah. good. And Catherine well, dude, O'Hara, his age, amazing. Who has? Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, but how – yeah. I, mean, oh, I haven't – I mean, that movie was what? How many years ago? No, she still looks like oh. like she did like from uh, Home Alone. Uh, Home Alone, mom. Yep. Yeah, she is. She's beautiful. She's awesome. Yeah, she's great, dude. I just love fucking uh, uh, Mighty Wind, Paul Dooley. Because <laughs> <laughs> all I'm looking at is watch this going breaking away, dad. Breaking away, dad. <laughs> you love that movie, man. Which one? Breaking away. Oh, it's fucking. Uh -oh. It, that's it. That is Justin. probably. We've yeah, just many, many, many times. The Cutters, man. What a group, dude. That's like the best gang ever, the Cutters. Now, that would be – that I would love to see redone. I would like to see what they do with it. Because like those characters are all Pitt great, but it, who? Brad Pitt in that movie would be good, man. Yeah, you got to remember that. These guys were college-age kids. He still looks good, though. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't sleep with him, but I'd probably cuddle the shit out of him. But – yeah, no, uh, yeah, he does look good. Who am I joking? Um, <laughs> oh, uh, Zach Efron would be great in that movie. Efron would be great, oh. but I, I would put him in the, oh. I would put him in the Dennis Quaid role. I wouldn't put him in the Dennis Christopher yeah, role right. as he's Dave Stoller. He's gonna be shirtless. You got to put him in Quaid. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When they go, yeah, those quarry scenes are gonna be really extended. <laughs> like, why does this guy have no pants on? I don't know. It's but dude, the most pivotal character though is gonna be the kid who uh, is gonna be. Uh, who was a little fucking rambunctious shit that James Earl Hurley early played? Uh, uh, the little punky kid who got married young. Um, his nickname in the movie. Um, are you you're talking about the uh, James Earl Haley? Mary played the little. He played the, the small, yeah, little yeah. small guy in the band. Um, Kelly Jackie Leak? Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, Kelly Leak. Um, okay, so I know who would play. Um, the middle guy that was in uh, uh I love that we're going into this right now. This Are you best. talking about Daniel Stern's character, the tall, good, geeky guy who, who like, I think he wanted to play basketball by uh, what's his name? Um, that's in uh, I Love You Man, big, tall, goofy guy. Oh, that's uh, the guy was in Freaks and Geeks and stuff, and yeah. I Love uh, You, Sarah Marshall, Jason, uh. the Dracula song. Uh, I, yeah, I know you're talking about. <laughs> not Paul Rudd. It's Jason. it's not Paul Rudd. It's uh, Jason. Uh, Google it. God damn it! We're in front of a computer. I'm, I'm sorry. Me. Duck, duck, go it. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell was Jackie Earl fucking Haley's name? God damn it! But that's that would be a good remake because I I don't think that movie. I mean, it's still a, a classic sports. There's the story. The story yeah. is more than anything. Um, Moocher. Yep. Mooch. Who's a short little shit we know in some movies? Uh, besides DeVito? <laughs> oh, Charlie Davy, great. Yeah, he would actually. No, no he's too. I was just thinking or, of short uh, people and not actually angry people. Uh, Jason Johnson, comedian. He's in a lot of bit role movies. Uh, don't know that one. Small, I mean, Michael Sarah. 
The guy from uh, uh, Superman. Oh, Superman. Uh, Scott yeah, Bill but he's he, he he just he's short and fat. Um, well, are you talking about was Michael? Uh, oh, he was in he was in Arrested Development, right? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, we're just trying to think of who played Mooch. Who's skinny? Who's a skinny little shit? This mouthy that knows how to throw a good right punch. Remember he hit that time clock at the car wash? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's let's just let's just alter every classic. <laughs> Why not? They're gonna might as well beat him to the punch. I imagine if they gave us a hundred million dollars to recast either Jaws, Caddyshack. I mean, I think if we had to, if we had a hundred million, $100 million dollars, I give them, I give them all, I give them all three. You could redo Dirty Harry. You could do uh, Jaws, Exorcist, Omen. Yeah, do them all. Fuck, hundred million dollars. Sure, I'm not watching another movie to begin anyway. With hundred million dollars, right? That'd be fun. <laughs> but no, that's good, man. I think this was a good talk. <laughs> very productive. It yeah. was very. It was very. Uh, we were laser focused, and then we kind of. We just ran into a, a quicksand of just trying I, to figure I, this I, out because I you know what? Where, when it hits the wall, that's where it's the best part because now it's just like we, now we're just we have our certain topics we want to cover, but then it's just like, okay, let's start. Dreamcast well, look, the, the only reason it's, it's it's quicksand for us right now is because these things matter to us. If it didn't matter, yeah, cast the fuck whoever. Go put Ryan Reynolds in every role. Oh, Let yeah, him play every role. Yeah, 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 right. blah, blah, blah. Right. No, no, no. No, we, 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 we take this seriously. You know, uh, speaking of classic movies that are overrated <laughs> shitters, you know, I watched the Richard Gere movie, uh, what's it call me, where he's the uh, male prostitute. American Gigolo. American Gigolo. That movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> who's, the, who's the chick in it? Uh, Richard oh. Gere. <laughs> <laughs> Now, who's the girl that's in it, man? Um, God. Uh, <laughs> American <laughs> Gigolo. Well, that's dude, there's that whole, dude, there's a whole slew of movies like that Lauren, early 80s. Who? Lauren Hutton. Yeah. Lauren Hutton. That's right. She played a little bit older woman that fell yeah. for him. She is, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still delicious. Oh, dude, what was the Brian De Palma film? Um, Red Quarter or uh, Pursue Business? No, the one with Angie Dickinson. Dressed to Kill. Dressed to Kill. Or... Oh, yeah. 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 Angie Dickinson, she was sweet in that one. Now, have you, yeah, had, have you guys had any brush with film? The law? With uh, being being on the set of a film or, or any, of, of any type uh, that is relatively well known? Sure. What's, yeah. What have you I did the, the Sin City stuff and then uh, Machete. Machete, you were on that, uh, mm -hmm. on the set there. Wow. Okay, John, yeah. you got um, are we talking like when the movie actually was the thing was actually filming, or yeah, just did... you pre were you present as it's filming? Uh, I've done a bunch, a lot of music videos, and I've actually I was at, okay, so I was there when they were filming season five of Game of Thrones in Ireland. Okay, that's impressive. That's yeah. Okay, be prepared to be unimpressed by mine. Um, <laughs> Cotton candy, universe. Cotton fucking candy. Are you gonna say Universal Soldier? 
No, no. Universe Talk Texas. Yeah, right. One fine uh, spring season. It was uh, Necessary Roughness, the football movie. Great movie. Is this <laughs> one with Kathy Ireland? Yeah. And, uh, Scott actually, Bakula? Scott, Scott Bakula, Bakula in it? Or is he in a remake? Uh, the big linebacker was... Uh... Uh, the, the, the karate guy? Yeah. Who was that? Uh, He's a, that cast was great. That great. Yeah, it's an unstable movie. I mean, they're uh, okay. Someone that was uh, is it Hector Elizondo? That's how he uh, he was in American Gigolo. So that's how I thought of Necessary Roughness. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the story. That- <laughs> the arc, the arc to get from yeah, the psychopath. <laughs> he was in Pretty Woman too, right? He was in Pretty Woman. Is he by the desktop yeah, or the hotel manager? Yeah, yeah. So he's <laughs> coach. Uh, <laughs> I tried out for that movie. He one of the like the extras and the players, you know. I was too skinny. They didn't say really? they didn't think I Yeah, could. but they, but they but they had the audacity to put a woman playing playing place kicker. Fuck all that. Yeah. Like they're like they're trying to get realistic. Right. They, I, I tell you speaking of football, dude, I would have loved to have been on the set of semi tough. Oh. I just recently watched that too, and it's it's kind of a hard watch. It's uh it's not as good as I wanted it to be. No, but just the fact that the mere amount of drinking on the set. Oh, yeah. That would have been hysterical. Okay. Yeah. Worst football movie. Worst football movie. Jesus. Besides Last Boy Scout? Uh, no, that's actually a great movie. Uh, any, given, any Given Sunday. Any given fucking Sunday. That's, that's, I love that movie. You do? Because it, it's a beautiful best. That's why I love it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. And then I, Al Pacino halftime speech, man. I hear that. I play that once a week. I get motivated for it. It's um, it's the, a beautiful uh, best. It's a disaster. I, I just love that. I the only scene I like was when Bill Bellamy was getting his, you know, getting a blowjob while doing blow off the chick's rear end. That was great. That was a good scene. Said no one. Favorite, um, favorite I, football movie, and, and boy. Well, no, so any given Sunday's my. I, that's the worst film. I I, I think my okay, favorite film movie. One. I got a movie that's the worst movie, and I people look at me like I'm, I just I don't care. I hate the movie Radio. That one's a tough watch. I don't even think I. <laughs> I thought the Waterboy sucked. Yeah, that's a terrible one. Terrible. Uh, terrible. I love the replacements with Keanu Gene Hackman. That was okay. That was okay. That, yeah. that, that a lot of ways that felt like any given Sunday as far as the story narrative. It was like a new unnecessary roughness or like that type of movie to kind of play. Yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, what was the one where the animal played? Not MV, was it MVP. There was some chub chip to play Disney movies. Gus? But, oh Jesus! Was it <laughs> Gus? Was that the seal? What was that? Gus was a uh, donkey. <laughs> he kicked field goals. Fuck oh, it. how about the Tony Danza, the field goal kicking, trash picking Philadelphia sensation? You see that one? Uh, no, I'm writing that one down. Is that Tony Rudy? Danza, Tony Danza is a trash man that gets signed to the Philadelphia Eagles because he can kick trash really far. You, you watch this movie. Get a handle of Jaeger. And I'll see you about that. I'm gonna. I'm doing this. I. You just made me think of re- three really good movies. Um, <laughs> North Dallas Forty. Yes. Friday Night Lights is a great football movie. Oh, the Friday Night Lights with the Billy Bob the movie. That speech. Well, that might be the best. That might be the best football movie ever. That speech where Billy Bob tells him, "Hey man, you go for the stars, and you reach for it, man." That. Oh man. 
Oh, dude, well, because it's such a well, real story. And those kids, the kids who played in that are so gritty and so, like, they are so Permian Basin West Texas kids. And the soundtrack, Explosion of the Sky, dude, that, that movie's just. That oh, movie's dude, ending with Bad Company Seagull? That's fucking uh, amazing. Yeah. The coach, the coach is, uh, is he? Billy Bob. Oh, okay. I was thinking of um, maybe it's, it's the series that the coach is the, uh, the FBI guy from Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. I can't, I can't remember his name of life. I mean, but, yeah, he's good. The series is actually really good. Yeah. Uh, but that movie is, is, is spectacular. Tim and um, the drunk father of the, the quarterback. It's funny, dude. My uh, It's funny because Dallas Riverside, River, I was at Riverside who played in that Friday Night Lights versus the Permian guys. My ex-father-in-law, he was the one of the first coaches at that at that school, at Carter Riverside, where they those guys that played, you know, the black school. Yeah. When he started. He started that program. Um, was it Dallas Skyline? It was in the state championship. I think that was Carter. Dallas Carter. Carter. Okay, Dallas Carter. Yeah. So, my dad was up for the. Uh, I'm from a um, a big football family. My dad was a. Uh, he played for the New York Giants in the early '60s, and he's was my football coach, and uh, he played for TCU. But uh, he was up for the job at Permian in the '70s. And turned it down because he wanted the job. He was he was wanting the job at Oklahoma. And Barry Switzer got the job at Oklahoma. Damn. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go Friday Night Lights, uh, Longest Yard. Which one? The, come on, dude. The Reynolds one. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, man. What about uh, so, song? Which one? Brian's what? song? You know what? It's almost too emotionally troubling to it's watch a as a football story. team. I just didn't wish a, I could see it. It's really hard to watch. My favorite closet pleasure is Varsity Blues. Great wow. movie. How about Invincible? Amazing soundtrack. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna bring that one up. That, that one's a sleeper because I thought is it was, that the one with uh, Wahlberg plays a little, Wahlberg, little guy plays uh, a special, special teams guy. Jim Croce yeah. has two or three songs on dude. That 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 movies. That's a good good Disney sleeper, wholesome fun. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it, man. There's so many good football movies. Okay, so I think next week, let's <laughs> we're gonna do the same thing time next week with Kel again. Okay. And in fact, Kel should just join the show, but we need a list. We have to bring our list of five best football movies. And then switch out the cast. And then switch <laughs> out the cast to all transvestites. <laughs> well, you would have the greatest uh athlete of all time. In every yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. for sure. Oh. No, I think that'd be fun to kind of see. Don't even just go from there. The, the Dude, I would I would love to get an episode with Kel on, too, what we do. If Kel wants to join us permanently, I'm all down, or down whenever he can because his powers are different than ours. Yeah. If we get – is it? I'd love to get Steve Carlson on. Oh, do that. I can do that right now. We you know who Steve is, Kel? Yeah. We can talk about hockey movies. Yeah, oh, and yeah. fighting and Terry O'Reilly. And, and I want to hear all about being on the set of that movie with Paul Newman. Slap yeah. Oh, man. Slapshot. I'm obsessed with that movie. He's then that would be, be really good then if Kel was, was talk with Steve. Oh, for sure. I yeah. think it would be a great kind of just talking show. That would be, be a blast. Talking football movies with Steve Carlson. Fuck yeah, be, best oh, best hits. Best de- oh, we, best like, hits what we could do? Yeah. We could do an what? episode where it's like best five hockey movies. But our special guest joining us three is Steve Carlson. That'd be rad. That yeah. Be- Best hits. 
best takeouts, best glass fights, everything, best fights. What's the one with uh, Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze, the hockey movie, where it's all sweaty and sexy? Yeah. Uh, something Is it something ice? Blood? Something blood? Rob, Lowe. Rob Lowe. Is that, it was a great hockey movie, too. Um, Rob Lowe, Patrick Swayze. Now, this is different than when he goes – this is an Oxford Blues, right, when he becomes a no, rower? this is something blood or something – God, it's such a good greasy. It's like the Roadhouse of hockey movies. Oh no! Nice. It is greasy. It's a greasy movie. Oh, they're always wet and shirtless in the locker room. That's <laughs> I might watch it now. Yeah, I've got a recommendation uh, hockey movie that you probably have not seen. Uh, Goon. Oh, I see. I've actually about to interview the star of the real life, based on the real life character of that. Wow, that's awesome! It's because he's so a sheriff. He's a he's a cop right now in real life. The real? actual character. Yep. The, uh, what's the, who's the guy that plays him? Uh, uh, who's an American? Sean William Scott. Yeah, yeah. Fuckface. Yeah, he's he's awesome. That's a great. <laughs> the goons are great. Great. Yeah, I love that. Um, that's all out on hockey. I only know two. What is the name of that Patrick Swayze? Someone, whoever listens to this garbage, just find out. Hold on, let's find let's find Rob Lowe. Let's just find Rob Lowe before Rob we call Lowe, it a Patrick day. Swayze, uh, hockey movie. Cutting the—it's uh, so good. It's like it's like Red Dawn meets Dirty Dancing <laughs> with hockey. It's not Oxford Blues. That's a Roy movie. Um, was he in Super Troopers too? Yeah, he's the—he's a kind of a, the bad guy. Damn it. Great character. Uh Blood Hockey. Come on, this can't be this hard to find. The guy's done a lot of shit though. Yeah, I mean this would be in the eighties. I don't Young Blood. Young, Young Blood. Blood. Oh man, that thing yeah. is a classic. Yeah. Have you guys been keeping up with uh Cobra Kai? Yeah, I watched uh, the first three episodes. I haven't watched the new season yet. I dig it. You dig it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, no. I would like to fight them though in real life. You would fight them. I want to just fight all those actual real actors and just see like if they've learned anything the last couple. Now let me ask you, John. If someone hit you, got a fight with you, that'd be a federal offense. If they got a fight with me, yeah, no, because I'm I'm no longer federal. I'm not law enforcement. All right, good. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. When we reenact and recast uh, Bloodsport using only, Blood Sports, right? Using yeah. only Cambodian women. Wait, uh, is uh, Ogre in that movie? It was. Blood Which Sport. one? Bloodsport. Yeah, he's Jackson. That's Jackson! right. Nerds. What's the one where he was drunk dancing in that in that like that Thai bar? What was that one? Remember the funny dance scene? Revenge of the Nerds. John- no, John Claude. Oh, double impact. Double yeah, impact. Kickboxer. Everybody's kickboxer. kickboxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Cotta doing splits. Jim Cotta. No one talks about the movie Jim Cotta anymore. Oh, dude, dude. I talked to Richard Orton about that. Dude, that that actor that plays the gymnast just died last year in real life. Shit, man. Jim Cotta is the best gymnastic movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
<laughs> All right, this has been a great episode. Fuck. All right, man. I will uh, talk to you guys later. Yes, All sir. Right. Talk to you. All, All right. right. Yeah. Bye.